This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the interview on the Raptors Republic Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Damelin, and we continue our series on the Raptors 905. Today, we have someone who coached two of the players on the current roster. One is Gary Payton II. The other is his son, Trace Tinkle. He is head coach of the Oregon State Beavers, Wayne Tinkle. Wayne, the first question I have for you. Trace talks constantly about being overlooked and people didn't think he would succeed in the Pac-12. And I was wondering, he says he uses that as he uses that as fuel, as motivation. And I was wondering where you come in in terms of providing that fuel. Well, you know, we've always kind of been, uh, when they grew up, we coached them on two things, all of our kids, effort and attitude. And we just said, no matter what the environment is or who the opponent is, those are the two things you can control. And it helped to develop a chip on his shoulder. And then as he started playing a little bit of travel ball, and he's playing mostly with Montana and Idaho kids, you know, playing against some of the bigger teams from bigger areas, you know, there, there was, you know, mumblings and, you know, these kids from, you know, Montana and they can't play and this, that, and the other. And so I think that really got under his skin that, you know, he wanted to prove a point that no matter where you're from, you know, you put in the time and the effort you can you can get results and so i think it was developed a little bit through our workman like uh way that we raised our children um and then and then what he just kind of experienced growing up and starting to play travel ball and that sort of thing and um he's used it as motivation he's always loved trying to not necessarily prove people wrong but keep that chip on his shoulder um you know to to keep developing his strengths and confidence in what he knows he's, he's capable of doing and like you said, he had a family uh, reputation to live up to with, with his sisters being <laughs> successful Division One players as well. And there were so many impressive statistics that Trace put up while at OSU, the all-time leading scorer, all-time leader in free throws made, consecutive free throws made, three-time All-Pac-12. But the most impressive stat for me anyway was 96 consecutive games scoring in double figures. There are a lot of great players in college basketball and in the NBA who don't have that kind of consistency. So to me, it feels like it's more than just hard work. Is there something tangible or intangible, whatever you like, that led to that level of consistency? Well, I just, you know, it'd be easy to say the time that he's put in and the focus, but it's more speaks to his versatility. Um, You know, I I think if he was a one-dimensional player, uh, you probably wouldn't see that stat. And, and, and that's a stat that had lasted since the early 1960s. Uh, so you, you look at all the players that came through Oregon State, and that really says a lot. Um, and he's just – he's a guy that can do a lot of different things, you know, and um, he, he's excited, you know, for what's next because he knows, you know, eventually there's going to be an organization um, that understands and appreciates and will utilize – you know, all of his abilities. And, and it's not just scoring, but it's playmaking, it's assisting, 
um, you know, being a disruptive defender where some people might say, well, he's a step slow for his position, you know, but they, you know, they don't understand he's got a seven foot wingspan. He's got a high IQ and how bad he wants to defend. You know, that's, that's something I think at the next level you don't find in every player, you know, and he's a guy that can make things happen because of his length and, and his IQ defensively deflection steals, you know, and then offensively as well. He, he's not just a scorer. He, he's an assist guy. Um, he kind of get, you know, that hockey assist we mentioned a lot, you know, the, the pass that leads to the assist. Um, and I think those are the things when you look at all that he accomplished here at Oregon State, it's not just scoring, but shoot, I think there's 17 categories where he's maybe in the top 10. And, um, you know, that just speaks volumes for how versatile he is. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned his scouting report. That was actually my next question. And, uh, you know, he himself uh, compared himself, and it's easy, but I, I feel less badly comparing him to Manny Ginobili because that's because he's a lefty, obviously. But your son also yeah. made that comparison, too. And he's got that little herky-jerky game that you've seen in spurts uh, in the G League so far. Yes. And he's, he's through six games now. And, I, you know, obviously it's been a – he's playing a, a little bit of a lesser role right now, feeling things out around 10 minutes a game. But – I just want to ask you that the first game he checks in February 10th. Do you remember how you felt when he checked into that game um, for his first professional minutes? Well, it's, it's probably the first time that I've been nervous for him since maybe his freshman year here, just, you know, when he first checked into that first game. Um, I mean, my palms were sweaty and just excited and, you know, all the while, remember it hits this, this this last few months has brought back so many memories of my early career and uh, everything I went through as a professional player um, and now seeing your son go through that um, you know brought a lot of excitement and and some nervousness and you know uh, obviously he's he's got some great players on that team and he's kind of going through the the rookie stuff but uh, you know we're we're confident that when you know when he gets his opportunity um, he, everything that he did at the Pac-12 level collegiately is going to translate. And uh, that's that's one thing that we're continuing to assure him of. And he still has over half the season to go. I mean, what what is a season? It's a 15-game uh, sprint to the finish. But yeah. he does have time right. to, to still get back. You know, Malachi Flynn got called up, so perhaps he gets some more run in that way. So we definitely wish him luck. And if we if we could move on to the, to the other player, if you will, Gary Payton II. Yeah, you bet. Um, and so I wanted to ask you uh, about the first time you met him. Now, I'm reading the story seven years after the fact, so I wonder if you still recollect the same thing. But you were scouting him at Salt Lake, at Salt Lake City Community College when you were still coaching at Montana. And you remember yes. him going up to you and you having a positive interaction. What, what can you recollect about that moment about seven years ago? Yeah, it was, it was funny because we, we went to watch multiple players uh, on his team and so it wasn't like we were just there for him. And uh, there, there was just myself and, and one other assistant in the gym and sitting in chairs at midcourt, you know, probably 10 feet off the sideline. And when, when practice and conditioning and everything was over, he walked up, introduced himself, and thanked us for coming to watch, you know, them practice. You know, he didn't say, thanks for watching me. He said, Coach, we, we really, it's great to meet you. We really appreciate you coming to watch us work out. And I just thought, wow. You know, and, and I, never, I didn't have any preconceived ideas of what kind of kid he was or anything, but that was really impressive. You, don't, you know, a lot of times the head coach will call the players over 
and say, hey, you know, thank these guys for being here. Introduce yourself. He, he did it willingly and on his own. And so then, boom, you know, it was basically a year and a half later. You know, he had signed with the head coach prior to me. Um, but then I got here in May, and he was going to be entering Oregon State the following September. And uh, it was just kind of neat that, wow, okay, Gary's here. I'm going to get a chance to coach him. And the funny thing is when, you know, I, I went down the list of recruits, and there was only a couple of them. Um, that had been committed for the following year, but I felt like I needed to reach out, introduce myself, and start the recruiting process over again. And I called Gary. He says, Coach, he goes, I, I already know about you and all you've done. You don't have to recruit me. I'm an Oregon State Beaver. I can't wait to get out there. And it was just such a relief, you know, to, to, get, to hear that from him and to know that he was fully on board. Obviously, the staff prior to me really sold him on Oregon State, his dad's you know, career here was incredible. So uh, just a couple of neat first impressions from him that really reassured that we had a winner on our hands in GP2. Yeah, so you knew that you had a good person on your hand, but you also said later on that you were surprised at how great of a player he became. What, What about his game surprised you? Well, you know, he wasn't that heavily recruited early on, and... The, the, the thing that caught me is the impact he had on uh, our play, whether it was scoring, rebounding, defending. I mean, the, the, the guy, that, you know, whenever Gary was involved with a quote-unquote 50-50 ball, we called them 100% balls because he always mm-hmm. came away with them. His, like, he earned more freedom from me defensively because of his ability to make up for a mistake, like gambling in a passing lane. You, you know, you, you yell at your guys, don't gamble, then your guy back cuts you. But he would always come back and block the shot, you know, at the rim or rake the ball out of their hands when he recovered. He was so quick to get back and, and make a play. And just an amazing athlete um, that, you know, we just we enjoyed coaching, you know. And the, the, the thing about his senior year when Trace and the other freshmen, our first true recruiting class, entered was the leadership he showed you know, a lot of times you might have a senior, you know, kind of be a little jealous or envious of this incredible recruiting class. I think it was top 15 in the country. He knew we needed those guys to have success. So he really embraced each and every one of them. In fact, there was times when I was, you know, pretty hard on Trace and and Trace tried to, he, he was smart. Trace tried to fit in early on. He didn't, he didn't want to be, you know, the coach's son and and so at times he was a little bit passive offensively, and I would have to get after him. We need you to score, be aggressive, be the playmaker we know you can be. But there were times Gary would come over to me and said, Coach Tinks, I, I've got him, I've got him. You know, you know, step back, let let me handle it. And he'd go put his arm around him, you know, and and encourage him through, and just showed great leadership, not just to Trace but to the other freshmen as well. And again, that was just like something that was you know, like blew me away. Like what, what an incredible leader this kid. He's not also uh, just a, a gifted player, but great leadership qualities too, which I'm sure uh, everybody uh, with, uh, you know, the 905 club sees day in and day out. You know, what's blowing me away when you're talking about the contributions uh, Gary has made on the court, he's doing, he's done like the exact same things to a T with in his six game stint with uh, the 905. Yeah. You're talking about him running back on defense after a miss and literally 
taking the ball out of someone's hands with his own two hands and going back the other way or coming up with a chase down block. Like those things have already happened in this um, five plus game window. And in terms of, um, in terms of his leadership, he mentioned, you know, he's coming off the bench and you'd think someone who'd bounced around in the NBA this long, who'd kind of be pressing for at least a starter's job in the G league. He actually says he prefers to come off the bench because he gets to see how everything is flowing and see how, what the other team is doing and then sort of react to it so it's amazing that what holds true from five six years ago is is kind of the same thing right now um with the with with the 905 but if we could take a step back just to one game in particular at uh, at osu not to not to bring up painful memories but the first round of the ncaa tournament in 2016 yeah and gary gary plays 39 minutes goes nine for 17 19 points has one gigantic dunk in transition that um Mm -hmm that got everybody going and you lose a close one to, to VCU. What are your memories of Gary during that game taking over? And then after that game in the locker room? Well, just, I think the demeanor and the tone he set in preparation. Now you got to remember that was the first time Oregon state had been back to the NCAA tournament in 26 years. And, and trace broke his foot at the end of our regular season uh, when we are, we our last two games were at USC at UCLA, and he broke his foot in practice the night before the USC game, and it was an incredible blow to our team because Trace, even though he was a freshman, was second on our team in scoring, rebounding, assists, and steals to to Gary. Gary was our leader in all those categories. So we 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 lose to USC, and then Gary really rallied the troops at UCLA. Another freshman, Stevie Thompson, had a huge second half. Uh, to beat that that team, which basically assured us of an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. And the celebration in the locker room at UCLA, you know, Gary was leading the way. Um, You know, even Trace, as down as he was, you know, Gary was wrapping his arms around him. And uh, and then Selection Sunday, when we saw our name up on the board and everybody celebrating, it was great. But then quickly, you know, Gary turned his focus to – you know, we're not done now. You know, we, we, need, we need to now keep going. Let's, let's get hungry and keep this thing, you know, uh, rolling. And we, we thought, you know, the, the, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee wanted an answer on Trace, whether he was going to be able to play or not, with regards to seeding. And mm. we were honest. We, you know, we, we, we didn't want it to cost us an NCAA bid, but we wanted to be honest uh, so that we would get the appropriate seed and we, we got a seven seed once we told them, you know, that Trace wasn't going to be able to play that first weekend, which was a surprise. We thought maybe we'd be a 10 seed. And so when we drew VCU, we knew it was going to be a heck of a game. And Gary took on the challenge. I mean, you talked about some of the plays he made in transition, but his defense set the tone as well. Unfortunately, we, we just didn't have enough other guys step up to take some pressure off of Gary to help him out um, uh, in that game. But it was a, it was a great accomplishment and and Gary again showed great leadership um, to that point and then afterwards it wasn't like he just walked away you know how encouraging he was to the group that was going to quote unquote take the baton from him moving forward and saying okay we got it started you guys keep it going you know what it took to get here you know I'm going to be supporting you guys all the way let's you know let's continue to build this thing so uh, even on his way out um, you know, he showed incredible leadership and then he came back several times and, you know, worked out with the guys and stayed in touch with them all. So 
he's just a, a, a great kid with an incredible personality. Um, you know, and obviously I know his parents are really proud of the young man he is and, you know, enjoying him on his journey through his career. Yeah, he's had a, a crazy journey, you know, before, of course, you know, uh, but before, uh, you know, in the early years of high school, he kind of soured on the game. And uh, and then once he met a good AAU coach and was able to dunk the ball, uh, people were, you know, people were obviously comparing him to his father and he wasn't enjoying that. And then when sure. he kind of became his own person, that's when he really started, you started to see the joy on his face. And now he proceeds to the NBA. He's played 61 games. He's been a part of, he's been like the property of like six or seven organizations. And you'd think when speaking to him, he'd be kind of a more of a hardened individual when asking about the game. But when I spoke with him a few days ago, it's there's there's a lot of joy still. And uh, he's you know even though there's been the doubts, he's still chasing that dream. Um, and you know I wanted to ask you uh, in terms just in, in, in a more general sense, you know before you got to OSU, uh, the program had churned out one NBA player in the previous 25 years. Uh, that was Jared Cunningham. And since then, uh, I'm sure you know the number. There have been four uh, that have made it mm. to the NBA. That's uh, obviously Gary, Eric Moreland, who won a championship with the Raptors, actually. Yes. Uh, Drew, Drew Eubanks, who's definitely shown some promise, and Omari Johnson. Is there something about your recruiting and coaching style that lends itself to creating NBA talent, would you say? Well, I, th I think, you know, what, what we did really well at Montana was, was recruit kind of the under-the-radar blue-collar players, um, you know, that we knew were a little raw and had a high ceiling. And, you know, we've been able to do that a little bit here uh, at Oregon State. And, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, you know, we've had three sons uh, on our team, sons of coaches, obviously Trace, my son, and Coach Thompson's two sons that's inhibited us a little bit in, in the recruiting battles because, you know, people will use it against you. Like our whole programs just run around the suns, but moving forward uh, and we've seen it in this year's class and who we've signed for next year, you know, the, the, the level of player and, and, and the athletes I think will even lead to, to possibly, you know, more down the road. But you know, the, the way we develop our players, I would say is, is the biggest key. And it's, it's, it's the full, on person, not just the basketball player, but the habits off the court and, and how those directly, you know, relate to your habits on the court, um, you know, skill development, um, your, 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 your outlook on the game. And, and if you really want to be a pro, don't just say it, you know, you've got to, you've got to kind of talk the walk a little bit or walk the talk, whatever that phrase is, and make sure that you know, you're committing to living like a pro you know, eating like a pro, lifting like a pro, working out like a pro. And so we, th those, those are the same things that we teach as far as academics. And so we feel like the players that come through our program are, are tested and developed. And, and I think that's becoming an attraction, you know, to, to, you know, some of the um, organizations at the next level. Yeah, you've obviously done a really nice job turning that program around and, like you said, made it to the tournament for the first time in a in a while back in 2016. And, uh, yeah, listen, Coach, we, we really, really appreciate the time. Um, we've taken up enough of it. I hope you and everyone uh, out in Corvallis is staying safe. And yes. we just we just uh, we really appreciate it. And good luck the rest of the season. Thanks so much, Andrew. Good, good luck to uh, 905 and. You know, hopefully one day I've been to Toronto once to have a little medical procedure done and 
uh, would love to get back there. It's a wonderful, wonderful city, a lot of good people, and all the best to you all. Thank you. Have a great day. 